But I think you can do it. God is good. All the time. All the time. I want to welcome you this morning. I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning here at Christian Church. Thank you for joining us today. And also just want to take a moment to greet all of you who are watching us online. I know uh, often Christine from New Bedford is watching. And uh, I'm not sure if you're seeing it online right now, but we want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. We have Verona, who's often uh, watching us from Jamaica. So we want to say hello to Verona this morning. Christ that have not been good. But for the 
sake of fairness and honesty, you should also list the following positive achievements done in the name of Christ. Here are just a few. Eradicating slavery. As the Christian faith spread after the fall of Rome, the practice of slavery began to dwindle. Centuries later, when slavery reemerged, Christian advocates like the Mennonites, the Quakers, and individuals like William Wilberforce strongly opposed slavery. In fact, the founder of my alma mater, Wheaton College, Jonathan Blanchard, was an abolitionist. He was an abolitionist. Blanchard Hall, which sits in the middle of campus, was a stop on the Underground Railroad. As, uh, also, Wheaton was the first college in Illinois to graduate women from that school. College and was the first college in Illinois to graduate an African American. Here's somebody who not only just believed, not, not only believed that slavery should not exist, but also took some action to see that happen. Now we also think about this is Black History Month. And I just want to let you know, if you didn't know this, that the modern Pentecostal movement that we know today was founded by an African American pastor named William Seymour. He felt God's call to go to Los Angeles to a place called Azusa Street. And now all accounts about William Seymour was he was humble. And he would pray for hours and hours. And there were even moments where he didn't want to become the focus of this revival, so he put a box over his head as he prayed. Because he didn't want to hinder what the Holy Spirit was doing. The walls of race and gender were broken down at Azusa Street. The very founding of Pentecostalism as we know it today, and the Assemblies of God came out of that revival. Eyewitness and historian Frank Bartleman observed that the color line was washed away in blood. The worldwide Pentecostal movement continues to be one of the most diverse Christian movements in all the world, and it's continuing to grow. Another thing that we can say about Christianity is that it opposed infanticide and infant exposure. See, abandoning infants was a common Greco-Roman practice until Christians led reforms to outlaw in the fourth century. They eliminated gladiatorial games. This brutal sport, which used the death of slaves to entertain the masses, was condemned by Christian activists. Christians built hospitals and hospices around the world. Unlike most of the Greeks and the Romans, the early Christians actually organized resources to take care of the sick and the dying. They elevated the status of women's rights. Although women have been mistreated in almost every culture, Jesus treated women with profound respect, and many followed Jesus. Many women followed Jesus while he was here on this earth because of the respect that he showed them. Early Christians routinely protected women and children from neglect. early Christian church also promoted higher education. Europe, Europe's and North America's British universities all started were founded on Christian principles that trained pastors and missionaries. Universities like the Sorbonne, Oxford, Harvard, Yale, and Princeton all were founded on principles to prepare missionaries and pastors to serve the kingdom of God around the world. They produced great works of literature and philosophy some of the most profound and beautiful written works have been offered by followers of Jesus Christ. Augustine, Dante, John Milton, J.R.R. Tolkien, Thomas Aquinas, 
Blaise Pascal, Sora Kierkegaard, and C.S. Lewis, just to name a few. Christians were on the forefront of creating beautiful works of art, sculpture, and architecture, beautiful paintings and church architecture. We were talking last week, Dan Rogers and I, about the Notre Dame Cathedral of France, and he had a chance to see it for real, like to be there. And this, the amazing work that was done to create that, of course, we you know two years ago, there was a fight. A lot of that was lost, but they're looking to rebuild that. Christianity also established modern science. Modern science is rooted in a biblical worldview that assumes an orderly and predictable universe. Many early scientists were also devout believers. Newton, Galileo, Copernicus, Kepler, Boyle, and many others. Early Christians were composing brilliant music. Think of Bach, Handel. They were also known for advocating human rights and concern for the poor. These themes are deeply woven in the biblical idea that each person made in the image of God has inherent dignity and worth. The church created a worldwide, multi ethnic community. And by the way, it started with 12. Eloquence or learning. 
Only we've got to get kindness has converted more sinners than zeal, eloquence, or learning. See, we can impact change as we get involved in caring for the people of our towns here in Tennessee. We can love and help people in need. And the Bible says that we are called to be salt and light. How do we live that out? How do we connect to our community? And how do we care for those in need? The first thing we're going to learn from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 9, is to live as people of life. Live as people of life. Ephesians is our roadmap here. So Ephesians 5, 7 through 9. It says, don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you live and you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. See, in this world, it's so easy to get caught up in what this world is doing and what the world values and what the world thinks is important. So much so that you can't tell a Christian from anybody else in the world. You can't see a difference. There are many surveys of people who identify as Christians. And they've taken the survey and they show that there's virtually no difference, no difference in the beliefs, in the way that they live those beliefs out compared to people who don't identify as Christians at all. You see a problem here? How can you be right if you're living in darkness with Instead, you just add your darkness to everyone else's darkness. And there's no light. There's no light in it. Another one that I can song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And shine, and shine, and shine. Hide it under a bushel. Hide it under a bushel. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. says, you, that's you, that's me. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. See, though what again is not always bad news, we must face the reality that the church's influence in society is decreasing. And an increasing number of Christians are living no different than the world around them. We have lost what Scripture talks about. We have lost our saltiness. We have lost our flavor. And if you continue to read that passage, it talks about saltiness. What it says is, once you've lost your saltiness, once you've lost your flavor, it's not going to make a change. It's not going to make We need to build bridges of trust and credibility in an ever-increasing skeptical society. We must live out what we preach. We must care for those in need and love those that seem to be unloved. This will show people that Christianity is real. When they see it lived out in front of them, 
quote from Martin Luther Lloyd Jones. He says, the whole purpose of writing a life is that make it right. And for a foolish man, to cover it with something that prevents that quality from manifesting itself is, you're all agreed, utterly ridiculous. Yes, but remember that our Lord was There is obviously a danger, or at least a temptation, that the Christian may behave in this completely ridiculous and futile manner. Jesus says, I have made you something that is meant to be like a life. Are you deliberately sinning? To do this is to render ourselves as useless. How do we connect to our community? The first thing we do is we live the second thing we do in Ephesians chapter 5, which is 15 through 18, is make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Verse 15 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity that needs to be delivered. Don't act promptly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This passage gives great insights on how to live. Be careful with how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. What he's saying is, remember, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, remember that watching how you live. They're watching how you treat others. They're watching the things that you do. You don't want to live in such a way that there's damage to the name of Christ. Make the most as much as everything you can see. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't give anything a chance. You may never get that chance again. You don't know what you have tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Regardless of how old you are. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Look for opportunities to share your faith, to help someone in need, to empathize with somebody who's struggling. Do something. Do something. Make the most of everything. Don't act honestly and understand what the world Is it God's will for you to love your neighbor? Yes. Okay, so far. Love the one. Is it God's will for you to help someone in need? Yes. You can see the story of the Good Samaritan, right? And helping someone in need. Is it God's will for people to be saved? Read for free. Get all three boxes. First Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't really slow about his promise as people think. No. He is being patient in your sin. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. For other versions will say he wants everybody to be saved. So what does the Lord want you to do? To love your neighbor, help people in need, share the gospel.
Saint Teresa of Camilla. She was a Spanish nun and one of the great mystics, religious women of the Roman Catholic Church. She says, Christ has no body on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes in which Christ's compassion for the world is to look out. Yours are the feet with which he is to do it. Words. I'm sure this is mind blowing. You've never heard this one before. Right? 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. This alerts us to the fact that God has a plan for your life, that there are good deeds and things that he has placed for you to do that only you can do. Other versions will say good deeds that he plans for you long ago. There are people that only you can reach. There are people that only you can serve. There are people that only you can throughout history, Christians stood for what was right. And the difference in the world, and we just talked about all those things that we see, and the proof of Christians standing up, we still feel the Because Christians stood with the marginalized. Christians stood with those in need. These things the things that they were created to do. They were planned long ago for them to accomplish. And people knew them by their deeds. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. We're going to read this all again. But there's one verse on verse 16 we're going to read. It's new. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see, so that everyone will praise your life. Let your good deeds shine so that everyone will praise your heavenly life. That is a light drop statement. Your good deeds cause people to praise your heavenly Father. Your good deeds point back to Him. The things that you do as His representative point back to Him to give Him When you help somebody in need, it points back to Him. When you give, it points back to Him. When you serve, it points back to Him. When you love, it points back to Him. And when you give your time, Your good deeds are shining through the world and not as the church on the field. This gives us credibility. This attracts rather than repels. This is being information. Being Christ in the flesh. We bring Christ with us everywhere we go. Everywhere we go is information. Because we bring Christ with us and we live. go to the moon in this decade, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. 
And God has called us to make a difference in our communities, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. The Church of Christ has always had opposition when they tried to move forward, and it was never easy to bring change. Many of the, many of the changes that were made came at great sacrifices for those who pushed change. Think of Martin Luther King Jr. He gave his life to bring change. He did civil rights for those of all races. day after day. It is not easy to stop what we're doing to do a good deed. But his power at work within us gives us the ability to accomplish more than we can ask or think or imagine. It gives us the ability to impact our communities not because it is easy, but because it is hard. That's why they have the How do we move forward? by being connected to our community, living as people of life, making the most of opportunities, and doing good deeds. That's That's what we're going to do after this prayer, just dedicating ourselves to this moving forward, and revealing God and doing good deeds us. Lord, in the darkness surrounding our community. Let us point our light towards you so that people can see how great you are. By your power at work within us, give us the ability to help those in need and to connect the need Continue your work in us, and may you be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name. The challenge like last week is that we all need to play our part in order for the church to move forward in that question. What role will you play? What role will you play in the church? Thank you.
Let's be a light that gives glory to God. Go out and make the most of every opportunity. 